0: For twenty-five percent off your DNA test kit.
1: Marijuana in every way has enhanced my life. It's enhanced my health, my relationships. I have yet to find one negative, which is why I'm on television saying, Hey, look at me. Mm.
0: Or roll yourself a joint to sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Canamom Show with Joyce Gerber. Welcome back to The Canamom Show, where you can always find us elevating the women, building the emerging cannabis industry, one can story at a time. So, Dave, I had an interesting week.
2: Mm hmm. Do tell. <laughs> By the way, um, okay. I, I like you've added back in the one can of story at a time thing. That's that's a foundation of the show. Sometimes you don't say it.
0: I know. I've been I've been playing with the intro, if anyone's been paying attention. I think, <laughs> I think this is it.
2: Okay, good. I liked it. It was perfect.
0: And podcasters out there, you can play around with stuff because you listen to yourself afterwards and you're like, mm, I didn't like that. So yeah. That's, that's
2: exactly perfect. what I do. I listen to myself way too much.
0: That's a free podcast tip. All right. So yeah. back to me. Yes. I have been attending an online conference called Cannabis Travel World Fair with speakers from literally around the world. And one of the themes being discussed in this cannabis hemp tourism world is that cannabis is good for both obviously our mindset and the infrastructure of travel, like hemp for fabric and bedding and building materials and food. It can mm. do everything.
2: Yeah, that's one of the themes of this show, Joyce, which is great. And, and like at, at some point, you won't need anything else ever. Because you want to travel to the moon, we're going to someday figure out a way to build a rocket ship out of hemp and we will cannabis-fueled. <laughs> It'll be a fun trip.
0: So uh, Anyway, so my my next plug for me again is for Nikan Boston coming up in March. I am going to be moderating a hemp panel because that's how invested in hemp I am now. So if you're at Nikan, it's right in the middle of Saturday. we got a prime spot. I actually don't know what the title of the panel is yet, but it's hemp. And I'm moderating it, so if you're there, come check it out because I think this is obviously huge. It's bigger than just we've broken it down into the cannabinoids and the noids or whatever. But this industry is about the plant.
2: And you're being humble, not mentioning that you're a f- former Nican Best Podcast Award winner, the Cannamom Show.
0: Twenty, isn't that right? Yes, i meant- And then a uh, quick update: my home grow. We have launched, Dave. The seeds have popped last night, and All we right. are in our gestation phase. I've been putting things on Instagram. If I don't know. LinkedIn people. Maybe I'll do a poll. Do you want to see my process on LinkedIn on videos? I don't see that many videos, but I've been doing this on Instagram. And again, I don't grow anything except for children. And if <laughs> I could grow my own cannabis.
2: If only your cannabis grows as big and tall and impressive as your kids. And it, it will. I think the videos are great. The Videos. Are, I mean, what do we do these days when we try to figure out how to do something? The video.
0: Well, these are more fun. These are just me being ridiculous. Like, oh, my well, God, I'm in my basement trying to set up my tent. But again, this is a process. I think everyone should know how to grow their own. This has been an evolution for me or revolution for me. So here I am. I'm doing it. So if you want to see me on LinkedIn doing it, too. Maybe I'll do a few videos, too.
2: How often do you check the growth?
0: Now I'm like obsessed because it's like a baby. Like every couple of hours. I mean, i will probably a couple hours. Right? I'm like, I'm like, how's the seed? How's she doing? But
2: <laughs> don't you watch Bud never sprouts. No, that's not true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know, whatever. I, my children have launched. And now this is my new. Obsession. All right. So that is that. And this one more thing, because uh, you're a big guest. So February for has been deemed Black History Month. And for today's culture section, I wanted to raise up a show I've been watching on PBS because I'm like old and I actually watch PBS. So are you a hip hop fan, Dave? Of course. Of course, because you're a music guy. Yes. All right. So I'll admit it. I'm like know nothing about hip hop. But I am fascinated by the music. I have a musician. Mm-hmm. And this month on PBS, is a multi-episode documentary featuring Chuck D of Public Enemy, who explores hip hop's political awakening over the last 50 years.
2: I saw Chuck D on Stephen Colbert, I think. It was definitely one of the big talk shows. I think it was Stephen Colbert talking about this very documentary. And Chuck D, what a voice on that guy. I wish I I, wish I had, I have a decent voice, but I can't rap like Chuck D. He's great.
0: <laughs> he's like, ladies, yeah, he's got his voice. So, yeah. all right, I'm going to give a, I don't know, I'm just going to give a little like, description of what it is because, again, I am not a hip-hop fan. I'm the most nerdiest person to be in this industry. But anyone who actually watches PBS like I do and is listening to my show, it's very niche-y. It is an incredible, you know, after Antiques Roadshow, you can watch this. It is an incredible, an incredible narrative of struggle, triumph, and resistance that will be brought to life through the lens of an art form that has chronicled the emotions, experiences, and expressions of Black and brown communities. Hip-hop. In the aftermath of America's racial and political reckoning in 2020, the prescriptives and stories shared in hip hop are the key to understanding injustice in the U.S. over the past half century. So,
2: yeah, I I saw a documentary about the history of hip hop maybe like uh, three or four years ago, and it was good, but even more timely to do one now, given everything that's going on in the world. But I will watch this because I'm a sucker for going back to those days where the hip hop was started just on the street, like people selling tapes of, like, you know, check out uh, Melly Mel here and some of the uh, influential DJs and stuff. I love that stuff.
0: Right. So he does have a music podcast, which is actually, he knows what he's talking about, which I don't, but I just want to let you people know who might not that this is out there. So, and I'm sure there's a connection to cannabis, but we're going to move on short to guests because that would just be too much, right?
2: you're saying there's a connection between rap artists and cannabis? I'm shocked. No, that
0: there, there could be. I don't know. Whatever. I don't. I guess I'm is. an old lady. I know nothing. All right. Let's just Part move on culture. to today's yes. guest. All right. I first learned of today's guest when I read about her in the New York Times. It took us a few tries to connect, but we did. And today I'm so excited to introduce her to you. Today's guest is an Emmy award-winning designer, entrepreneur, and cannabis enthusiast. She and her business partner, Kelly Moore, are the founders of Miles Moore, a cannabis-focused design firm based in the East Coast. She also serves on the board at the Cannabis Media Council, the first trade council dedicated to using the power of mainstream media to uplift advertising campaigns that show positive cannabis experiences. Love them. And if that were not enough, she is also the creator executive producer and star of the trailblazing dispensary makeover series, High Design, which streamed on Discovery Plus in 2022 and can currently be seen on HGTV's Battle of the Bling. Please welcome to the Cannon Mom Show, an inspiring force in the emerging cannabis industry, Kim Miles. Welcome, Kim. Hi, Joyce. Thanks for having me. Joyce and David, nice to be here. All right, let's just start at the beginning. I just love what you're doing. I like talking about design, everything, all of it in the shows, but this is a new topic. But let's just start with your story. So I know you weren't really a cannabis fan. You came to it a little bit later, not as late as me, but just yeah. tell us how how you got here and why you want to be connected with cannabis.
1: Okay, I will tell you. But first, I just have to say, Grandmaster Flash, DJ Red Alert, can we talk about the OGK? What? I will be all about that. Doc. I just have to jump in.
2: Joyce, <laughs> you're going to learn a lot if, if you watch. I mean, you get... I'm about yeah.
1: it. I'm about it. Yes. Again,
0: curiosity, 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 curiosity. So Gotta
1: learn, learn, be curious. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's really, I came to Canada's originally at the age of 20, probably 20, 21. No, I was 20. It was 20. Okay. And it was like meeting God. She smelled freaking great. You know what I mean? So it was just like, to me, it was like, whoa, it was the missing piece. It was the answer to chronic anxiety, mm. chronic sleeplessness, oh. right? So I instant, I, I found a plant that instantly changed my life and my relationship to the world around me, right? So it was immediate, just
0: instant love affair, instant love So just so, again, there's still a lot of people out there who are afraid. So
1: before you had this discovery, what did you think it was going to do to you? (laughs) Before I had this amazing, wonderful discovery, I had been a D.A.R.E. officer in nancy reagan's army like listen i understand the fear factor i do i understand i'm a kid that came of age in the 80s i i absorbed all of that propaganda right but i feel like look uh, it, it is a plant what i can say to the people who are nervous is it is a plant a it is natural i cannot stress that enough. and then on top of that if you are not the person who's like listen Smoking makes me nervous. I'm not into that. Like, I don't want to. D- you can have a gummy. Try a gummy. The beauty of this emerging business is that as things become a little more regulated, a little more straightforward, a little more reliable, as we start to learn about other people who are doing this fight with us and uplifting cannabis and bringing it to the mainstream where it belongs, right? Mm-hmm. There are so many ways to dip your toe in and experiment, and I mean, look—you might not even be looking to get lifted. What if it's your sciatica? Exactly. What if the menopause. Hello. Enjoy. This is a lot of information. I'm I'm gonna... like... I know we're just starting out here. But I, the other day, was so wrecked by hot flashes that I was like, "I'm gonna count them. I'm gonna count them. How many? It's at thirty. But thirty in one day." 30. What? Guess what? I am now looking into a protocol with cannabis that's going to help alleviate. Like Dr.
0: Dr. Gruber out here in uh, Massachusetts. I've actually seen her at at a science event. This is like one of my favorite topics, but this is really about you. So let's come back to you.
1: Yes.
0: So so we know cannabis does everything, but you decided to do a very specific part of cannabis. So how did you come up with this idea of becoming a dispensary designer? And I will say, Just for my own self, I've been doing a new dispensary in Massachusetts every week. That's my new jam. I go with a friend who wouldn't go. And they are all amazingly different. So how did you come up with the idea of becoming a dispensary designer? You know, what started this?
1: I met cannabis at 20. We fell in love. It's been an enduring love story. And as I moved through my professional life, which took me into the world of television, took me from New York to Los Angeles to California, right? I went to California, which is where I was born, by the way, but moved oh. to New York in my early 20s. California, what I learned as a medical patient was that all of the dispensaries, every experience was so varied, right? You never knew what you were going to. You were just looking for the best possible, for me, cleanest flower. Mm-hmm that I knew, that that I could trust the people running the dispensary knew who the grower was, right? Like, i just looking for, I'm not trying to consume pesticides, right? Right, exactly. Took me to places that I would be scared to take my mother, (laughs) right? Yeah. When it wasn't that the, that the, the plant was the problem, it wasn't even that the people were the problem, it's that the spaces where cannabis being sold I, I was, how many lava lamps can I look at? Again, <laughs> like, like, I kid you not, so many that have tapestries that are like Grateful Dead tapestries on the wall. Right. The court. Like, just like, where, are, what, is that? What is happening?
0: And anyway, I get, but again, like I, that was sort of the beginning and it is a little uncomfortable and I can see the dramatic change. And again, I talk about women my age and older. Not only do we know how to shop, we have money and resources. So stop marketing to dirty 20-year-old boys because we-
1: what? <laughs> Especially because what, what started my journey was that I found myself in multiple waiting rooms, having gone past the burly security dude that makes you feel scared, mm-hmm. and, scared and like you're not welcome there. And then to the window with a person who could barely be bothered to interface with you. And then sitting in a room where I know I'm about to drop 200 bucks once I walk in. I know, right. And I look around this room and it's me. It's an elderly man with a cane. It's some young folks who are maybe looking for a happy weekend, a camping trip, right? Have some party times. I called her in my head. I was like, oh, this is a real estate dame. Like 60 years old, dripping in diamonds, probably rolled up in an ass out. Like it was such a diverse group of people we're all going to pay money for this medicine and i did not understand the disconnect between mm-hmm. the space we were the user experience as in a retail environment and the amount of money being spent and that's a good point i actually like
0: it this is a very again if you were going into any other boutique store and you were spending that kind of money you would be catered to you would be given food you'd be talked to you'd be like help so that's an interesting. I never actually really thought of it that way. That's you
1: know what I'm saying? Like there mm-hmm. was just like, what is this schism? It makes no sense to me. Yeah. And my television career had brought me to a place of having national fame on HGTV, where I became known for making over spaces. So, I, I had multiple. I had years of experiences being in these waiting rooms, dip, trying different shops, looking for my shop. Right. Where's the shop that could be my shop that I just can trust and I can go and the bartenders tenders are going to be great? Like, where? It was so freaking hard to find. And every time I'd find it, the feds would shut it down because this was before California went rack. Right. So uh, it was always a hot mess. And I think I said it was like 2014 or 15. And that's and very, I, very early. That's very early. early. I was like, how come nobody is? Has- Why? <laughs> I knew that there were design firms dedicated to helping craft spaces for cannabis but they were real niche nobody knew their names and what and the person the average person opening up a shop was not thinking about the design portion of the budget and what kind of effect that would have on the actual business model on their scalability on their ability to make money Mm -hmm. so i i brought in two great tastes that go great together design and can And I have that lesson. I'm going to make a show. I'm going to make a show where I travel America and I help mom and pops because that is my heart's desire. I'm going to help mom and pop, small business people. I'm an entrepreneur. I have big love for the brick and mortar. and the small business person. So what are they up against? That is hysterical. Okay. So I only have a, we're never going to get into a story. All
0: right. So you decide this is an idea and you actually just like pitch it. Like, how do you even get this idea that this is something that should happen? No,
1: I I took a year out of my life and I said, I cannot make a show about this unless I know what I'm talking about. Okay. So I stopped doing everything for a year, and I worked as a bud tender and worked my way all the way up to med. All right, let's okay. So we're up to my, so Mad Men, Mad Men. Yes, Mad
0: Men. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's everyone. If people don't know who Mad Men is, just sort of just say who there is and how that kind of connects to your story and oncology and some of the other things that kind of came up at that point.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Mad Men was a what still exists, but in at that time, 2017. Was one of the biggest names in cannabis, had been flooded with massive amounts of investment and mm-hmm. were scaling at a record pace. And so I was able to get in on the ground floor, work the floor as a bud tender and work my way up in that company and figure out what are all the pain points, right? Wow. What is this business really about? What does it really look like? I'm doing it with this very corporate company, but that's a benefit because they do have systems in place. So, what do their systems look like? Who's coming, man? It gives me a chance to not just make up stories about who the client is, but right. Me. Well, right. So I spent a year doing that. At that point, I felt like, okay, now I can actually be of service. Now I can actually be of help. It's not enough to come in and paint a room for people. I have to understand the flow of this business, wh- how this all really works.
0: That is so interesting. Okay. So I will again, you're at a pretty high level. You're kind of coming into this because you want to do something big. Yeah. A lot of them, and I've been doing this since 2018. And if they're dog years, they feel like a long time. And, uh, oh. <laughs> but I will say when I did this, I did a year of like, I need to learn about the plant. I learned the history, but I could see a lot of people coming in or a lot of men coming in. I'll just put it out there. I saw a lot of men coming in who didn't even know about the plant, didn't even consume it, were sort of proud of it and just assumed they were gonna make a lot of money in this industry, which hasn't really happened. So you did it the way again, women are doing this differently. This should be a woman's our caregivers industry. This plant is a caregiver. It is a she is a female and If we can, there's enough of us now, I think. We're not asking men for permission. We're doing stuff different. So you came into this, you did it from the bottom up, you knew everything and then you went forward. I think that's very, that's a good role model.
1: I mean, I feel like, listen, I am a person who, that's the kind of learner that I am. I learn by doing. I like to have a hands-on approach. It is one of my life's goals to be a polymath. I would really like to know (laughs) a lot of shit really well. (laughs) I don't need no to, be anyway. able to look at it, but I have found that taking that approach, I'll turn 50 this summer, that approach has given me a really well-rounded worldview and a, a kind of a suite of experiences that serve me really well every single day and so when i well got, i
0: can see how the experiences like the perspective you have a very again this comes back to cannabis it's your perspective is very wide you're not coming from just your designer you're not just coming from being a bud tender you're not coming from being I'm a not just coming out of healing
1: make my millions like i'm just yeah like, now it's this is a whole we are lucky to be involved in a legacy crop that predates us by by america ten by thousand what wait, for us, right? Like we are here to move this ball forward and move yeah. up this stupid prohibition. Yes. Move it to a place where we can, A, consume our medicine. For me personally, part of joining Cannabis Media Council was yeah. that I really wanted to be, I knew I'm visible. I am on television. People know my face. I'm a nice lady, Joyce. I'm not a burnout. I'm pretty successful. i not just by like notoriety or money. I got. I have a really wonderful life full of beautiful friends, a wonderful husband, loving community, including the cannabis community. I am very, my life is well-rounded. But this is what I say about the leaders in this
0: industry. And I will say you are like them in so many ways in that they they became the person they needed. So you kind of saw that this needed to exist. They are healed and they want to be leaders. Yeah, the industry in the world has leaders who are literally healed and want to like make things better and yeah. Again, I just find it's a very interesting group of women I'm meeting across the country who are doing this because they are balanced and whole. I think that's the new word, whole. Oh
1: and this yeah. is what they wanted.
0: This is how they're investing their time and energy. But let's okay, let's get back to you. So, uh, men, men, you were there. You did the thing, and then what happened? So, what was the next I step? Said it, all right,
1: now I'm going to put together a show. I'm going to pitch this show, and I had been kind of feeling around pitching, pitching, taking the temperature. Finally, pulled it all together. Found a production company who made a sizzle reel, like a little pilot and was able to sell it to discovery plus and we had six amazing episodes and i traveled to alaska to to denver to maine to california like i got to live my dream travel america and see what's what in the world of weed that's amazing perspective i i said i'm just curious
0: so what were they like how did they find you or how'd you find them and what were they like can you give a sample for like my listeners if they haven't seen it What's an example of one of the stories and why it was so amazing? And what was the transformation?
1: Okay. So for example, one of my favorite stories in Denver, Colorado, it's a spot called Simply Pure. And the woman who owns it is named Wanda James, and she would freak in Powerhouse. Yes, yes. yes. So for your listeners, Wanda is a veteran. Wanda served under Obama on one of his committees. Like, Wanda is, like, I. we all want to grow up to be Wanda, basically. Mm-hmm. And she had a brother who spent 10 years picking cotton in Texas in the modern age for a marijuana infraction. And it galvanized her. It turned her into a warrior. And she has built this business, Simply Pure. And what she wants to do is elevate cannabis, but also change the law. She mm-hmm. She got legislation written with the governor of Denver. I mean, this woman is making it happen for all of us and making it a better world for all of us. And she had this flagship store, and it was sad. It was six years, 10 years since she'd opened it. It did not reflect how far she had come and what she's done for all of us, right? Like, she's just a trailblazer. And my show, got to go in, I got to meet her, her husband, Scott, who is a cannabis chef. Who? Like, they're just the most fun people to have dinner with. Let me guarantee it. And I go to uh. go in with the show, with my team, and with my now business partner, Kelly Moore, and uplift this space, create a space that reflects who she is and reflects the vibrant community that has been her clientele. Right. That's again, that disconnect of like these sad places, not because people don't care, but because guess what? When you're in cannabis, I love what you said about all these men coming in and not knowing a thing about it and thinking they're just going to be millionaires because I'm like, look, there are always people who think they're going to scoop in and swoop in. Good luck to you. Good luck. This is a hard business. It is not for the faint of heart. Like, it's not easy money. The people who are successful and who are small are successful in a large part because of the passion that drives them. And the in their past- community that they have built these communities, it's community. They've, it's the they matter-
0: built these. They they built these. This is like the one thing I'm kind of hopeful for because it is still state specific that we have been able to my tour of cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts. I'm going to the smaller women-owned dispensaries, the minority-owned dispensaries, the ones that aren't owned by the MSOs who didn't come in, seed to sale because Massachusetts had the same problem as other states as we allowed medicinal in under vertical integration, and then they were here, and then we allowed retail. Oh. I call it. And then it whatever it's, it, it's, it's the same mess. But again, these little shops, because we don't have that many MSOs yet and there's no interstate in commerce, you have to support them. And they are very unique spaces. You can see them on my Instagram. And it's just really important if we want this to be generational wealth and not just big industry again. And I don't know how other words to say it, except you just have to support your local dispensaries if this is something you consume and you want to be part of this movement.
1: Yes, we want to spark. I mean, Cannabis Media Council is dedicated to sparking a conversation between generations Mm -hmm. especially with our elders right and i feel like that's one of the things you just mentioned msos are sweeping the nation we multi-state operators for your listeners right big money who come in and can be everywhere at once yeah you have to support the small business support that small business and guess what take your mom in take your dad in. take your grandma and take them in like Mm They don't have to smoke. What? Get them a topical for those
0: bad knees. Get and they them- like to go in. Don't you think they like, I, this is what I've been doing is taking them in. Like I took my mom, to so my own mother till the day she passed, really thought I was in a drug cartel. But <laughs> I did take her to a dispensary and I took her on a tour of the Grove facility where she scared everyone because she didn't believe what they were saying. But I did get a funny picture of her looking at a set of bongs, which I sent to my kids. So <laughs> I look, I'm buying a bong. But I will say after that, she had been inside this space. So she knew what I was talking about. She wasn't scared of it. She didn't think it was weird. She just knew what it was. And again, it's we women like you, women like the women I'm talking to, just by our existence, yep. we're changing the narrative and then bring your friends into these dispensaries that are beautiful and they're all new now, especially here in Massachusetts. They're all fun to go into.
1: They're so excited to see you. Yes. Oh it's a good every they have a story and they are so happy to serve you and to educate you. To mm-hmm. t- you know, about like, I do feel like some of the leftover, just residual drug anxiety, right? I'm like, it's a drug and going into the store and nervous and feeling like, are you, are you cool enough to be in there? I hear that a lot. I have had friends who are like, Will you just buy it for me. And I say, why not just come in? Because I don't know. I think they're going to look at me like I don't belong. I'm like, yeah. there, so there's a lot of like drama.
0: A lot of, again, I, so again, there's a lot of stigma that people don't even know why they're internalizing. Normalizing it is literally just by like these stories, these micro stories over and over again. Every woman I talk to talks about education, which you're at the same point. So let's just talk a little bit about dispensary design before. I do want to talk about the Cannabis Media Council, but after let's talk about, I don't know, just you're all over the country. You've been doing oh, yeah. this. What, what kind of things are you seeing? What do you think is the next big thing? What do you think people want? I mean, what I don't know what's happening out there.
1: I feel like people, the, the, because of this explosion, the green rush, right? The, the consumer is becoming more and more educated and people are becoming more and more, like, yes, people want to go to a place that is a brand they recognize, right? Like we see cookies popping up everywhere. They're instantly recognizable. I think you're going to see plenty of that. But alongside that, you're going to see the smaller niche boutique shops because much like wine, as people become connoisseurs, mm-hmm. you're going to gravitate to the shop that curates the way you want to consume. so I think we're gonna see just like we're seeing larger trends in all sectors, right? A trend toward micro the fifteen mile city, right? Like everything you can get within a fifteen mile rate ri- like community hello <laughs> there's a special word for that community, right? So I kind of feel like we're gonna see more of that. I feel like people are taking it it makes my heart happy for a while most of what i heard and most of the requests that my firm miles Moore would get would be like we really want it to look clean like an apple star like an apple star which i just feel like
0: yeah so actually so i have a question so um, are people coming to people coming to you because they have a a vision or are they coming to you because they know that you create fancy designs or what do you have a sense of why people are coming
1: to you okay to me, because they either have no vision and no Miles Moore can have one for them. Okay. Or they have a brand and they have a vision for that brand that's really clear. And they just haven't been able to translate that into an interior space that is reflective and amplifies that, right? Okay. So we meet people all across the spectrum who are coming to us with all kinds of things. But I have noticed downtrend in the number of people saying they want it clean and blank. Good. Right. And I understand the impulse toward clean and blank. It's not scary. Everybody recognizes an Apple store. Apple stores are friendly, right? They have geniuses there. You're going to get your help you need. Like, I understand. And I feel like, listen, in 2017, that was a really important way to model in order to move weed forward. But I feel like now what I'm seeing is real personal niche stories. So I was going to
0: say that because I, I was like, again, so if all the products in these stores are based locally, it's yes. just the way it is right now so i can see when i go into the dispensaries now that they have the sleep section or the even a, i keep asking for vaginal suppositories they haven't got a again, section yet but that should be standard at every dispensary please again may, maybe I, there's a, a more of a again i see that's coming in it's more of like health and like your symptom well, Yeah, well, what, yeah whatever your symptom is as opposed to like what this is what the what this is the highest THC. yeah
1: yeah they have they they people have started designing ux in the store around what you're looking to treat so it's navigable yeah. Yeah. which i think great well i i am hearing more talk and this really is important to me yes my job is making space visually beautiful and functional but i can make the most beautiful space for you and if your bud tenders are crap you're going to have six good months and then you're going to cap out because there will be another beautiful space that opens up down the street and the differentiator will be the educated workforce that you have in place at your front of house that allows your customers to trust that when they come in and they say listen I've had I have this massive presentation I'm a VP I suddenly have migraines and insomnia what the hell am I doing what do I do they don't want to see somebody who's like hey man well, if you do some shatter, that'll really... T- what? What? No. So I'm like, look, I think it's overlooked. People kind of feel like... And, and and I get why it's overlooked. You're doing a million things trying to open a brick and mortar. I get it. I am not casting aspersion. But I'm saying a little focus on front of house will make up for a myriad of design faux pas. Yeah. And right. again, they... They're,
0: there's so many products. I guess this is the other thing. People like I've been bringing again. I've been doing a weekly tour with a different type friend who I forget doesn't know anything. A lot of my, I have a eighty three old lady woman I play tennis with who went with me. We're starting at CBD cannabinoids, and then I'm trying to explain products, and she was getting very overwhelmed. So there's just a lot of products. So I could see if you walked in without someone to help you, or if you didn't understand, or there wasn't somebody useful on site who is just trying to push the highest THC or whatever the marketing is for right. that day.
1: Yeah, this is what they have to move up the shelf this week. So there's yeah. a special on that. Like, yeah,
0: and oh. again, and this is not inexpensive. right? Um, so, and people are willing to, yeah. it's an investment. and and people are willing to put the money out if they think it's going to be something that's going to really work for them and they feel like they're being getting good information. But if you go in and buy a couple of products that really are expensive and don't work, yep. you've lost somebody. So that's unfortunate. That's,
1: that's just that. So I'm like, look, part of that is honoring your relationship with your client. Right, I know you're there to make money and be in business, aren't we all? Welcome to America. But like, I think bringing back that real client-focused, care-driven, information-heavy model is a is a big differentiator going forward. All right, I think uh, I've seen some of those out here. All right, let's kind of move on with your.
0: Let's talk about your design partner, Kelly Moore. So, what is her relationship with cannabis? Was this something she thought was a good idea? And how have what has she learned? Okay.
1: okay. So, no, Kelly, <laughs> I have been colleagues for many, many years coming from the world of television and colleagues and friends. No, she had never smoked. Never, like, this is a girl who is afraid to do anything except have some wine and maybe some tea. Like, she likes a cocktail, but like, no, no, this was drugs. She told her mother when I asked her, please come on to my show, High Design, and be my on camera design producer with me, right? So people can see this process, see how they work. She didn't know anything about it. And I felt like that's perfect. You be the person. It is That is
0: perfect, actually. Yeah,
1: was not know what they're looking at. And the funny story is she told her mother, Mom, I'm going to join the show with my girlfriend. And I'm going to be in cannabis. And her mother's like, cannibals? You're doing cannibals? Yeah, no, this is very far from her world. But she has become a convert. And after we did high design together, we launched our design firm, Miles Moore, because we were, I mean, she's my ride or die. I just love this girl. And we crack each other up. We share a sensibility, all the right reasons to be in business. But she actually shares the agenda with me, having traveled America and seen what the business really looks like, how varied it is, just the swath of types of personalities and people families, people trying to create generational wealth, right? Like the stories. She's like, it's irresistible. You can't not want to jump in and m- like move this ball forward for people. Look at the heart. you know. So she has now, I'm happy to say, experimented. She's experimenting with gummies. She's figuring out her doses. I've had no luck in getting her to smoke. We have tried to hotbox her. I've tried everything, <laughs> everything. The girl doesn't breathe. So she doesn't breathe, right? She's she's a person who needs to have a gummy.
0: I think our vaginal suppository, there's a lot of ways. You can eat it, you can drink it, you can wear it, you can sleep in it, I'm sure. Yes, I don't yes. know. Again, it's, I talk about us being the anomaly in history. A hundred years, it hasn't been part of our systems. It, they took it out. Our cannabinoid, endocannabinoid system needs this. And however we're going to get it back in, that's what we're doing. Because again, this is back to wholeness. I, it's the mind, body, spirit, taking the pause, being in the moment all the stuff I didn't believe in when I was a divorce lawyer, but it's real people. It's
1: real. I, I <laughs> Like you can't, it's hard to believe in because it sounds so freaking woo woo Joyce. We know that we know we're proselytizers, right? So we have already, we we are convinced and I know how it can sound, but <laughs> truly I just feel like, look, I'm a zealot and I will be until the day I die. And they have to take my joint out of my cold, dead low hand, Right. <laughs> I like, okay, It's like, no, marijuana in every way has enhanced my life it's enhanced my health it's enhanced my relationships it's enhanced my my relationship with myself Mm -hmm. it enhanced my professional life like i can't find i have yet to find one negative which is why i'm out there on television saying hey (laughs) look look at me all right let's go let's go to the board you're on the board right of the
0: Cannabis yeah. Media Council. All right. Yeah. So you have this great new campaign out. You can talk about that a little bit. I've been posting that out. It's a it's a boomer technically campaign. I'm a Gen Xer, but I could relate so, a lot I'm to what
1: next, so that's fine, but we gotta bring those boomers in. Yeah, we're like, invisible.
0: No... no one knows they exist, Kim. I, I don't it's like hey. <laughs> I know, I know. We are
1: the lost generation.
0: <laughs> but so, tell me how you got. I know Amy Dennison. I know her. Um yeah. how did you connect it? And what do you think they're doing out there in the world to make this a, again? Sharing these stories, creating a
1: new narrative. Yeah, I mean, Canvas Media Council is doing the good work, God's work. Honestly, we. I connected with Amy Dennison. She and Joyce and Lulu, who are the three main co-founders invited me, Joyce Kennelly, right? Sorry. <laughs> I'll take credit though. Yeah. Invited me to join kind of as a culture ambassador, join the board. And I was thrilled to join because I just feel like what they are doing is what needs to be done. We need to reverse the narrative and the propaganda around the plant. We have to deep program the war on drugs. It has been a freaking disaster. I'm not going to go into it here. Your listeners already know. It's but a again, disaster. people
0: say government can't do anything. They can. They can do a lot of bad things. So,
1: Just yeah. <laughs> and, uh, terrible in every way, right? So I feel like, listen, the majority of Americans would like to see this shift. So I don't feel like I'm saying anything crazy. And Cannabis Media Council is saying exactly what needs to be said, which is we are the first media trade council. So think of, think of this as your brain on drugs, that mm-hmm. PSA. That's what we are, except we're pro weed. We are national campaign, ad campaign, that have a fun, playful message and invite people to take another look at cannabis. And like I said, we are trying to speak generationally. Reach out to our elders, reach out to the boomers and say, listen, look, it's not all bad. I know you're scared. There's nothing to be scared of. Here's here's information. Knowledge is power, right? And we feel like the fastest way to get knowledge out there is to grab those eyeballs, grab those eyeballs, make it fun, make it easily digestible. Have the information there, and for us, part of what we the goal is raising funds. Always, I would be remiss if I didn't say <laughs> We're, what we do. We welcome tax deductible donations to the Canada Media Council website. I have to say it; oh, it'll be the in the show t- notes. Part of why I joined is because they are amplifying the the correct message. And I feel like, listen, women like you and I, people that are out there that are like in the fight to shift this conversation, get it moving. This is an economic generator. Mm -hmm. This is a health generator. This is freedom for women, freedom in health, freedom in business, like the opportunities around cannabis, right? As a country. Look at the tax dollars. Like I I I could go on and on. And I'm sure you can too. And we have. I, I know that's just what we did. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I just feel like look, there's no good reason. No um, good reason. Reasons. We all understand what that, that campaign was about. It's time to move forward. And yep. let's and the easiest way is through the media. And these stories, again, these stories, we are ruled by
0: stories. Everything in our life is ruled by stories. And I see it over and over and over again. These healing stories are the ones that crack open that thing in people's brains when they're like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Cause it's really hard to change people's minds. It is very hard to change people's minds. And you know, I do hear stories about it and it's usually because someone they love comes to cannabis out of desperation, which is really the saddest part of all this, which is really the other thing we're trying to change is it should just be an option. You have to stop coming to this out of desperation out of desperation right. tries this plant medicine and they see the change in them and they can appreciate that change. And that opened up a space for them to think, well, maybe it's not what I think it is.
1: That's just it. The things that I found really remarkable, I continue to find remarkable, but when I was still on the floor, when I was managing a shop, I was managing a med-man on Robertson in in Beverly Hills. And so it's very shishipupo street, the ivy, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We also had a massive hospital, Cedar sinai around the corner. And so I would have the oncology team coming in and you would just have conversations with people embedded in Western medicine who were there either treating themselves or asking questions because Western medicine had capped out for patients and they wanted to be able to make an informed recommendation to help their patients with with pain management, antiemetics, anti-inflammation, like I, on and on. So I would have these conversations with people who, yes, like you say, people come to it out of desperation. They have, they have peak in the world of, of pharma and they come to plant medicine and it is a revelation for so many people. And I'm not one of those people. Every story is individual, but I feel like, listen, start small. See what you would like to treat. See how you're treating it currently. If you're a person who's treating with Advil because you have chronic inflammation and pain, maybe try a CBD gummy that has a low THC. Maybe it's a one to two. Like, you know what I mean? Like, try switch out just one thing and see how it goes. If that's not, wear a top, do a topical, do a, just see how it goes. Start with one small thing.
0: But again, it's, it's a medical. it's a med again, this is my mother's issue and we can talk about this. But the right. medical the medical people, like if you trust your doctor and your doctor doesn't know anything about this, then it's hard to sort of do that transition. So yeah, I do course. see medical people coming up and asking questions about it. There's more nurses doing this. This is not a belief well, system. This establishment,
1: is establishment. They're coming yeah. because it's because it's undeniable. Because yeah. Because
0: it's reliable, Joyce. So <laughs> it's but but it's again, whatever. It's not a belief system. This is science. We know this. So it's
1: coming so, and, oh, again, but you test it yourself. Yeah, In the, I, think. I think bring your mother, bring your auntie, bring your father, bring them with you. If you are a person who enjoys cannabis and you have a shop you love to support, do a favor on Valentine's Day and bring someone you love into your local shop. because They want that kind of flower. Yeah, for what? I'm going to flower the battles in this world. <laughs>
0: that's so funny. All right. Oh, we actually running to have time. All right. Well, you are a very busy woman. So what's next for you? What are you doing this year? If my listeners have a dispenser they want renovated or redesigned, how do they reach you or what? What is what's coming up?
1: What's coming up is so much, always so much, which is really great. I am about to uh, speak at uh, on the Rebel Cannabis Convention in Brooklyn on February oh. 25th. So that's going to be great. We're going to do a... a give talks about just what it means to be licensed in the cannabis business, right? So I'll be speaking there. Can't wait for that. That's going to be live streamed. I
0: mean, I didn't even get to New York. New York, New York, New York, New York. Lordy, Lord.
1: Yes, New York. It'll be in New York, but we will live stream it. So pay attention to that. I'll be listing things on my Insta. You'll have all of the, give them all the information for that. But what's coming up next is that Miles Moore, Kelly and I are going to work. We have a really exciting shop coming into manhattan <laughs> that, which i can't say the name yet but we're working on that and it's big 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 and like a dream gig and we are working on a shop in newark which is amazing one of the first licenses issued to an lgbtq to an lgbtq couple so that like love that that social justice is front and center so i'll be working with their shop those are the two that are really, really big. We have other things that we're concluding. I will be filming a new show, more than likely, next summer. So, yeah, just keeping it really busy. And if people, yeah, if you have a, a, a space that is in cannabis and you are have done, congratulations, if you done <laughs> on the, the hoops. Oh. Licensing and permitting and getting your investors. And you're in. still standing. And still standing <laughs> <in>. <laughs> to you will lie out. You down to you right now. And if you need help translating your brand story into a remarkable user experience for your clients, you come to milesmore.com and we will have a conversation with you and we will help you create that. But that's that's really our agenda. And that's really what we're really lucky to be getting to do is You're taking everything small companies and blasting out their space so that we put them on the map and they you know have a running start in what I think is one of the best businesses in the world. And getting this deep foundation and just paying something. I know, again, it's just
0: still a space that people come into a lot of the shopping. We just order everything on Amazon and you can get delivery. But again, it's like. I don't leave my house that often. That's true. But I do yeah. leave to go to the dispensary. They know me there. I take little videos of myself. It's fun. It's like fun, fun.
1: I know. And I mean, maybe that's the most important thing we can say, Joyce. Like, it's fun. That's one of the so, things that Kelly has said. Being in this world with me, she's just like, like, the people in cannabis are the nicest and they're just the most, it is just so, f- and everybody's kind and everybody's, I mean, she comes from the world of like big tech, right? So like, I'm like, yeah, it's a wonderful community. So go out and support your community. Go find your local shop and support that local shop. If that shop is run by BIPOC people, if that shop is run by women, if that shop is run by LGBTQ people, if that shop is run by marginalized folks, I would say go there first, support them please make it happen yes and bring your mama bring it and auntie and everyone there and again
0: this is we're normalizing it this is such a great conversation there's so i can't my new york god the new york dispensaries i can't even i
1: mean i can't well like it's it's nuts as it would as it would be it's new york so like yeah it's it's great that this market is finally and it's just expanding again dispensaries i'm
0: at the travel show the that travel uh, it's, i'm totally over time anyway, but the travel thing i went to they actually had a video of dispensaries in west hollywood it was like Got a it. part of their tourism like Canada tourism Canada it. tourism food. going from dispensary to dispensary is actually like better than a pub crawl so again this is there's so many things coming out of this because if you have a beautiful and they're all different all
1: Listen. these different
0: spaces that people can go into and buy a little product it's, um, it. it's a really good way to spend an afternoon
1: People are throwing weed weddings people oh, are, yeah an explosive world of good times so like yeah i to me the cannabis crawl so much better than a pub crawl like yeah a hundred percent and these environments are just it's it's fun it's fun you're gonna have a good time you're guaranteed that's and you're it's gonna keep
0: you young and it's gonna keep you curious so i do have to end the show but thank you so much kim for joining us today i'm glad we finally connected and i see people i read the new york times paper and I connected with a real person. Uh, 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 uh. Sometimes That's it so works.
1: Analog on Generation <laughs> X. God. Do <laughs> you know what's funny? I was in the New York Times and I had to put out a call to friends and say, who still gets stuff hard? <laughs> because I get it digitally and I'm going to need to frame this so someone who still gets the hard cut like ne- next time
0: you're there reach out to me kim i got it every oh, day I, left- I, I literally get it delivered by a car somebody throws it out their window and it shows up on my doorstep i oh, that slow it slows me down it's the positive okay you, so Julie, that's the show people
1: you're so love what you do thank you for taking time to talk to me and um i can't wait to catch up with you in the future
0: we will okay so that's the show people that's the show so for my yeah. guests to mild and of course my Canada bro david Yaz, and our canna mom show team I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to The Cannon Mom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is The Canamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, The Boston Podcast Network.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com.